Hey, this is Jason and Dave with Younger and Older, and we are excited to be back with you today. We hope you guys are doing well as you've tuned in and are listening to us. Hopefully we're saying something that interests you because obviously you're tuning back in. But if this is your first time, welcome. This is the show where we just hang out, chit-chat about whatever's going on and give you a perspective from an old man and a young man or a boomer and a millennial as you wish. Um, so Dave, whatever, how are you doing today? Whatever you want to call Whatever us. you want to call us. Whatever you, you know. want to label us. You know, um, the, the, the the thing is, I don't think I ever feel old. No. So I don't Never? Know, I don't know when you get Even there. Even if you're like chopping wood or well, cutting Well, you know trees. what? I used to play football and hockey, and I was always sore. So, uh, Do you get sore quicker? Yeah, probably. Does that make you feel old? Yeah, a little bit. So you, you know what, though? I hesitate more, and that's what makes me feel old. And, oh. I, and I hesitate, I think, because I've been there. Yeah. And I say, that's not a good idea while somebody's doing something. Yes. And so I'm waiting because I think, well, that's not a good idea. So before you know it, things before happen. Know, yeah. Things happen, and then you're there. Yeah, let me ask you this. Um, my concern for, for people your age right now, um, there's a lot in the world. Uh, here's, what I, here's what I believe. <laughs> He's trying to narrow it down to one concern. I am. Uh, I believe that God has put us on the earth, and one of the most important things about life is that we are productive that we achieve what he put us here to do. Okay. And Makes sense. a meaningless life is something that causes all kinds of problems. Uh, depressions, um, uh, looking for meaning in wrong areas, whatever yeah. it might be. So for those people that get up and they, and they live a meaningless life, mm-hmm. um, they can't figure out, okay, I go to work, I do this, I do that. But my life isn't really changing anything in the world. And my life... If I wasn't here, is it going to matter? And the answer really is the sun will still come up and et cetera. So they're starting to realize reality. So God, though, in his sovereignty has created us. He made us. He gave us a purpose and a plan. And he actually put each one of us here to accomplish something. Mm -hmm. Now, and it isn't just to breathe and make it till tomorrow. Right. So the, the the thing I'm wondering is, does your generation understand that they need to focus on the reason they're here and actually focus on something in order to accomplish it, or are they hoping it just happens, that they all of a sudden stumble into significance? Um, I would say that it's a mix. Okay. Mix, mixed bag of fruit in do, the sense of I think there's some that just think it's going to happen, and I think there's some that do understand that. Do helicopter parents play a role in this? I would say that they probably would. Because think of it this way, a, a, a mother or a dad who won't let their kid go. Yes. So anything at school, any comment, anything, they're in school saying, you make my kid look better, you do this, do that. So they're if trying they're to achieve. If they're in school. <laughs> right. They could be homeschooled. Yeah, you're, you're trying to achieve something. Right. Apart from the hard work and the dedication and the focus that's necessary for them to do it on their own. Right. Right. Is it, is it wrong to let somebody fail in that situation? I don't think so, you know, because I think we all have to, to learn and, and, you know, it's like walking, you know, I can't teach, you know, I can't walk for my sons. They eventually have to teach themselves how to walk. And in the process, they're going to have some scraped knees and, you know, and all that sort of stuff. And so I think in life, there's certain things where you have to learn and develop the habits yourself rather than having somebody to do it for you. So would you watch one of your sons do something you know wouldn't work and allow them to do it so that they would learn that it doesn't work? In some occasions. Okay. 
Where's the line there? Obvious things. Okay. You know, so if the stove is on, you know, lit, you know, and I see my son, I'm not going to let my son necessarily put his hand in the flame, you know, but if I'm not watching and he happens to touch a hot surface, you know, that's a different story. So there's certain things I'm not going to let my son knowingly put his hand in fire, but there's certain things that he might actually behind my back have to learn, but he'll have to have the, you know, it's not like I'm going to stand in front of the stove all day. The stove is always there. And if he goes and touches it without me knowing, then he'll learn. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, so it, it's kind of a, a both end, you know, and that might be the wrong example. Well, you know? uh, if uh, I'll give you another one. Let's say um, one of your boys, you were teaching them how to use a chainsaw. Yes. Now, I worked with you on learning how to do a chainsaw. Yeah, you did. You so did how did job. I do it? You, you first showed me, and then you said, all right, now it's your turn. And he kind of stood by and gave pointers and tips until... I got the hang of it. And right. then he said, go and do it and be careful. Yeah. And, you know? and I let you do it. Right. And even if it fell wrong. Right. I was going to let it happen. You were going to let it happen for the right. most part. Well, yeah, I was watching so it wouldn't fall on your house or hurt somebody. Right. But that was my limit. Right. It was like, yeah, there's, there's it limitations, could, it could, it but there's freedom within it. Right. Because what I realize is you'll never learn to cut if I don't until do it. you can do it and make a mistake. And then right. you can go, what did I do wrong? Right. And I can be there to say, I could have given you too much instruction. I could have said, you know, Jason, let me cut this. Right. I have a lot of experience. Let me cut it. I can probably lay it right where you want it, and I could probably do this and no problem. And then I could do all of them and you not do one of them. And then I would not know how to do it. No. And you would theoretically or know. Or I'd go out to do it and I'd drop one right on my house. You, yeah. And theoretically you would know. Right. But there's a lot of variables. Now right. you've cut quite a few. Yes. So now it's like, okay, now you're learning as you go along and you have the basics. And right. the only way to get better is just go out and do it. Another thing that uh, you will learn if right. you haven't is um, when your chain gets dull, sharpen it. You mean I don't force it through the log? Well, <laughs> you can. I mean, when I was younger and learning, some guys that knew how to do it would let me struggle. Right. Because, the, you know, they would let me struggle for a while. Yeah. And then they would come and say, you know, it's, it's really smart if you pause and you sharpen that chain. Yep. Because it, it, you're going to put a lot more effort into that dull chain. And even you, you think you're going to waste time by stopping and getting the chain sharpened and that kind of thing. Right. You're going to save a lot of energy and time. So what you're doing is actually allowing someone um, strategic failure. Right. Right. So that they can actually learn. And, and helicopter parenting today yes. is not allowing that. No. And, 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 and we see a lot of it, I feel like. You know, like, you know, we're here at Silbert Ranch and we have our summer program and we see about, you know, 2,200 students during the summer. And it's amazing the amount of, you know, what we consider helicopter parents that send their kids to camp, but, you know, are wanting to, to still kind of keep in touch and almost control the 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 process of them enjoying the week right you know yep so much so that you know there was there was an example even this summer and it's kind of crazy that a boy you know had a you know a little run-in with his you know best friend you know whether it be an argument i i forget what it was you know and so with technology you know he told his mom and his mom had called the youth pastor and said you know, you got to do something about this, you know, and then the back of the youth pastor's mind is like, no, they just need to do it themselves. And the mom's like, no, you need to do something about this. And it escalated so much that the mom actually called a police officer 
And the police officer had wisdom and said, you know, just let it go. And sure enough, by the next morning, you know, the boy texts mom saying, hey, everything's great again. We're having fun. Yep. You know, and it's just like you just got to let go and let be with yep. some of the things. You know, I, I would even suggest that there are times where you send your child somewhere and let them have a bad time. Right. And come home and debrief them and talk about right. why. I'll guarantee you it's because they were focusing on themselves too much. Yeah. And not about how they're made to be. The, the focus is all off there. Right. And there's, and, and like an environment, say like camp, what, I mean, if you're a parent, what better place to send your son or daughter to have some growth experience? Absolutely. You know, I mean, do it now in a, in a safe environment rather than a more uncontrolled environment. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I encourage parents your age and other parents, allow your children to be in a position where they can make mistakes while they're under your roof. Right. So that you can do something about it. Right. Because once they leave, they don't have to report back to you. Right. But right now, if you give them enough rope and they make mistakes and you're willing to let them make mistakes or you're willing to let them be questioned in public. So if somebody came to you, Jason, and said, I think your son is rude. Mm -hmm. And you can go, why? And I could say, well, here's why. Right. Now, you have a couple of choices. You can say, well, you don't like my kid or whatever. I mean, you can, my, his, my public image of that child should be X. Right. Or you can say, thank you. And you go grab your son and sit down and talk to him. So do you know that, however you call me at home, Dave, or Mr. Wager, or whatever, yeah. do you know that, that he finds that you're rude? And can we talk about that? Right. I mean, why would he have that impression? Right. And what a great teaching opportunity. Absolutely. Instead mm -hmm. of going after me. Right. And it's not and it's not that you would want to go and yell at your son. No, or, you and know, it's not even my son in this case. You know, it's just trying to have like you said, have that conversation and discussion. That way they have that growth opportunity. Yeah. But if you're in the right community too, so if if your son were being rude to me, you're in the right community. I would actually look at him and tell him not to do that. Right. You know, I mean, I would do that. Right. Now, whether that be right or wrong, you know, some parents would be really upset with that. Right. Uh, some wouldn't. Um, I'm old enough where it's like, you know what, I'm not going to say anything really crazy. Right. But if somebody's calling me, hey, bud, and they're five years old, I'm going to say, hey, you know what, don't do that. Right. You know, you can call me Dave, you can call me Mr. Wager, but don't, don't hey, bud, or dude me. You know, right. I, mean, I, I don't think you should do that. Now, I, some parents might come back and be really upset by that. Right. You know, and I'm thinking, you can be upset by that, I, but I'm not saying anything that hurts the person's character or whatever. I'm showing them there's a, a different way right. that they should treat people. And, you know, yeah, there might be some hurt there for a few minutes, but it's really not overly significant in the scope of, of life and their, their eventual purposes and their fragile self-being or anything. Right. Um, in fact, I'm trying to help in that sense. And I think we're missing that because... You know, really, we get attacked if you try and help somebody because you're saying, look, there's some deficiencies here. Mm -hmm. Now, do you know there's deficiencies in your children? Oh, yeah. Do you know there's deficiencies in you? Oh, yeah. All right, then. Yeah, you know I mean, so. <laughs> None of us are so perfect. This is not a surprise. <laughs> right. Oh, absolutely. And I think that we just need to remember that and realize that even, even as parents, you know, in that process, we'll make mistakes. Yep. And don't be afraid to own up with your kids about those mistakes and tell them, you know what, I was wrong in this. Yeah. Because that in and of itself teaches them something as well. Yeah. Because well, then they see that they don't, you know, they see that, that, it, that that's a growth process too. Yep. Well, I work with um, yeah, youth groups and I have for all, you know, since 1970. So it's been, and it's third to fifth graders. And, you know, every once in a while on my home, my wife will tell me, you probably should have said that differently. 
You know, I mean, like, oh, okay. Because, yeah. you know, I'm saying something, and I'm, all of a sudden I'm telling kids the, the rules for the English language don't make sense. You know, because yeah. I used a word right that the English language says was used wrong. Yeah. And, and then I tell them, go ask your teacher about this. And Linda's going, oh. You got, <laughs> you, you got all these kids going to their teachers saying, my, you know, Dave says that the English language doesn't make sense and it shouldn't be this way. And I thought, did I say that? Did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> I might have said that. That's right. That's so right. then, you know, I, the next week I have to go overboard and show, tell them, look, you know, I'm not trying to get you to disrespect English language or teachers. I'm, I'm just kind of throwing, forget it. Just, I shouldn't do that. And you should be respectful to the language and the rules and the teacher or whatever. And so, I mean, you got to, I don't care what age you are. Yeah. There's, there's times where you continue to learn something yep. and you should always be learning something. Absolutely. And if you're a helicopter parent, I believe you are ruining the experience of your child to learn mm-hmm. because you are making sure that the image and the learning process is done according to your specifications. And really it's no longer about the child. It's about their image and your family and you, and you got to back off a little bit right. and let them fail. Right. And we're not saying back off on like everything. No. You know, obviously there, there's things that make sense to have limitations and guidelines, but where you see opportunities for growth and for them to learn, you know, principles and life skills, that's where we're saying you got to let them, you know, take a, take a, you know, opportunity to learn how to swim, you know, uh, before it's a, an opportunity where it's too late. So uh, we're having a great discussion here and about parenting and, and helicopter and, uh, I don't know, a bunch of other stuff. We're just having discussions, and so we, we love having you. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here on Younger and Older. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to Younger and Older with Jason and Dave. We are uh, Jason and Dave. Jason and Dave. Hello. Hello, Day. Dave. Nice to be here. It's nice to meet you. <laughs> I just renamed you. It's nice you. to be met. <laughs> We're having lots of fun. Um, newsflash, Dave is now day. Yeah. That's our, t- that's our mid-morning news break. For today. If you've been following our show, we just got talking about uh, news and, and all that sort of stuff. But we've been uh, talking about different headlines today. And headlines. Doing kind of a shotgun approach. If yeah, you I'm wondering. Not, See, but... I have a different thought process maybe than you because I'm older. So that's why these headlines come across and I find them... I'm wondering, what does somebody your age think of this headline? Sure. And, and we talked about Carson Wentz last. If you, didn't, if you haven't been getting the programs, go to Relate365.com, download them there, and uh, go ahead and enjoy the, the various programs that we've talked about. Some of them are uh, very biblically based as we go along. Everything is biblically based from our mind frame and right. how we look at things. Uh, we may not always be reading Scripture to you on the program, but... Um, I know that Jason lives in the scriptures, I live in the scriptures, and it's our worldview to go through, um, always talking about the love of God, our responsibility to him, showing the world who he is. The Bible is, uh, for us, the anchor, the truth that we can evaluate everything through. And I encourage before, I'll encourage you now, read the Bible through cover to cover every year. You can do this. And uh, I hope you do. I hope you decide to do that and know what God says. So here's a headline for you. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg advocates for universal basic income. Universal basic income. Yeah, I can read the first paragraph. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, the fifth richest person in the world. The world. In the world. Fifth in the world. That's quite a bit of, it's too bad he's not first. Has called for a universal basic income, which they now will call heretofore UBI. Sounds like an infection. (laughs) 
It does. It sounds it, like a... Yeah. Who wants an infection? Even for people who don't work. Interesting. He and other billionaires, yeah, such as Ellen Musk, say paying a guaranteed minimum wage would provide a cushion to help people to try new ideas outside the nine-to-five grind. So what do you think of that? Should everybody get a paycheck from the government? So does, so does that mean that they're going to give up their billions so that everybody can get a paycheck? Well, I don't know. I, you know what? I, I, there's a lot of holes in this theory for me. I, I don't know. Because I haven't found that people that get something for doing nothing is ever beneficial. Right. I mean, that's my take on it. In fact, the Bible says that if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. Right. That's pretty clear. And I think if you help people, you enable them. If, if they're not going to work and you keep providing for them, I think you enable them to be lazy and do nothing. And I don't think you're helping them at all. Right. I mean, it, it's, it's in a very simplistic way. It's almost a parallel. We just did a show on helicopter parents. Right. You know, and it, there's almost a parallel where if you do everything for your child, they're not going to learn themselves. And I think this, this almost correlates, whereas if you encourage somebody not to do anything and you still reward them for not doing something, yeah, what's going to change? Yeah. You know, and that I, I probably am, you know, <laughs> pushing a lot of buttons by saying that. But I mean, that's that's, well, do we that's mix fairly up? true. Do we mix up, though, uh, helping those who actually need help? Because, I mean, if somebody needs help. Right. I understand that. I understand that. Absolutely. And, and there are people. There are right. people that are disabled and there are, people, there are people that just get older and need help. Or there, there's people that all their life need help. We as a, a, a nation have always been generous with those people. And those of us who are part of the church, we're told to take care of widows and orphans. Absolutely. And that, that isn't an issue for us. That, right. that, to me, is a done deal. Take care of those who are in need. That isn't a problem. Right. Um, now, in fact, let me throw something by you. I, I think that because the government keeps stepping in and taking care of the needy, that we have abdicated our personal responsibilities to take care of the needy. Right. In other words, it's no longer my responsibility to help out. It's I got. Yeah, why isn't the, the government, government doing it? Right. So I don't have to take care right. of the. But needy. biblically, it is our responsibility. It is. You know, and that's the thing that we need to remember. It is. Yeah, we we should be looking at those who have needs and moving toward them to help take care of those needs and not be self centered with our resources. Right. Now, if that's what Mark Zuckerberg is trying to say, yeah, I agree with him. Right. I don't know that it's, if that's what he's trying to say, at least in this article, it's not being said well. Right. It's not being overtly clear. Yeah, it's not. Because I, it, it, if you're advocating for everyone to have basic income, I tell you the experience, because it's a younger, older show, I, I'm not that smart, but I'm more experienced. Touche. And my experience has been in the places of the, our country that I've gone, and I've been to some very remote places where there's very uh, poor people. Yeah. And the poor people are in, the, in some of the places are 100% dependent upon government funding. Right. In those areas, I have never seen more heartache, more alcoholism, right. more desperation, more meaningless lives, more suicide attempts ever. Those are the areas in life that I've seen more of that than anywhere else. Right. They get handed a paycheck. They have no responsibilities. They don't need to use it for anything. They're going to get it next month no matter what. Right. And, and so their lives spin out of control. Right. Now, can it be where that doesn't happen? I, I imagine it can. Right. 
but in my experience so far, that's what I've seen. Right. I think this is a very dangerous concept. I agree. I agree. Um, before we go on to the next one, yeah. I, I, I'm looking at news lines uh, as they're popping up in front of me, and we joked about this in the first half of the show. But get this headline, Dave. This is fresh today, right here, and it's national. Holy cow. <laughs> Bovine escapes live nativity in Philly twice in one morning, makes way into I-95 parking garage. My goodness. This, we were joking about a cow. We, we were. We and now here, real life, real life story in Philadelphia. I'm yep. in Wisconsin. I'm hearing about this cow, this bovine, yep. escaping in the live nativity. Can you imagine place. all of a sudden your, your TV goes, special report, special report. Cow on street. Slightly more traffic this morning on I-95. You might see a bovine crossing the road. I didn't say chicken. I said bovine. It escaped the local nativity. So swing by. Yeah. Now that would, you know, that's like calling horse programs equestrian programs. It's a big word, this bovine thing. (laughs) Well, they're trying to make it feel like actual news. I I know. (laughs) The word is cow. You know, the word is cow. (laughs) Yeah. Let's help them out. There's a cow loose and it's... (laughs) Yeah, but traffic is stopped. Have you ever wondered why traffic stops anyway when, oh. when there's a distraction? Okay, talk about I don't I don't it, the whole idea of a gaper's block. Right, being is what from they call Chicago. It. Oh man, how many times have you sat somewhere because somebody was sitting on the side of the highway, not in the way? Right, sitting on the side. Right, and the whole side that you're on is creeping along until you get by that person, and there's nothing going on. There's the car sitting there, just sitting there. And then you get done, and you're back cruising at full speed. I should be a news guy. You should. I, I would make news out of that. I would say, car, on side of road, people staring. Can you believe it? As a Chicago person, you know what I never understood? And this is a tangent. Okay, tangent why, away. Why they name the highways. Mm-hmm. Talk about news. They're like, and if you're on the Dan Ryan today, down to the tri-state tollway, yeah. you know, it's just like. And they changed one to the Reagan. I grew up in Chicago. Yeah. I still, don't, I still don't know what they're talking about. Which one's the Reagan? I don't know. Me neither. There's the Kennedy, the Reagan, the Eisenhower. Well, I know it's just the like, Kennedy because... Can I, pick a, can I pick a president? All right. I know I, I know where the Kennedy and Eisenhower is because I grew up there, and I lived right off the Kennedy. What's the Kennedy? Is it's that the, the Kennedy Expressway. Is that 290? No, I don't know the numbers. <laughs> See, I know numbers. I know names. So, it, question, is this, a, is this a generational thing? It could be. Or is it not? I don't know. It could be because if, if I gave you directions, I would tell you to take the Kennedy to the Ike. And I would be lost. And Ike being Eisenhower because that was his Oh, name. I thought you were talking about like Dick Van Dyke or no, something. No, Ike is Eisenhower. <laughs> oh, Mike and Ike. No, Ike is <laughs> Eisenhower's nickname. Okay, I didn't know that. And if you're talking to some of my generation or older Wait, than me, so they, they don't would even, tell they, you. So the Eisenhower Expressway, they just say, they don't even say Eisenhower, they call it Ike. The old people do. They'll so, call it, take it to the Ike. Man, how so, are we supposed so to listen to So you take the Kennedy to the Ike, get off at the Reagan. You know, I have no idea where your Reagan is. <laughs> because they, I just can't do it. Because they, they basically put the Reagan I wonder if there's any other cities that are just as nonsense like that. There might be. There is one that was called, um, when I grew up there, Highway 5, which was the East-West Tollway. Oh, okay. And they changed the number, and I cannot tell you what it is to this day, what the number is. Yeah. But, but it had to fit whatever. Sure. So they changed the number. That's funny. And so whenever I got down there, I said, well, take, take the East-West, Highway 5. It's like, it's not called the East-West. End. That might be the <laughs> Ronald Reagan, actually. It's not called the East-West, and it's not called 5. So That's it's funny. something else. But if you're my generation, you know exactly what I said. I wonder if my – see, I'm not in Chicago anymore. But I, if you're listening and you're in Chicago and you're a millennial and you're driving around, you know, reach out to us and let us know 
if you still call it these names or if you go by the numbers, yeah. please, because yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, I, I don't know either. You, you know what? I, I can't tell you how I got anywhere anyway. <laughs> That's still true to this it day. It is true to this day. <laughs> I can't tell you. When my wife travels with me, I'm going to speak somewhere. She's always amused. She says, do you know where you're going? Not exactly. <laughs> how are you going to get there? I'll get there. That's right. I kind of feel my way there. You know, then you're, <laughs> how do you feel your way there? Here, here's the do you dilemma. Like, lick your finger like we did no. and stick it out the window. Oh, said, I need to turn I'm northwest. I'm 61. I get there. I don't know. <laughs> Here, I'll give you a dilemma. Yeah, well, I, grew up, I grew up in Chicago. If I went downtown Chicago, I was lost all the time. Lost. Oh, I, I, to, to this lost. day, I still hate going downtown lost. Chicago. I used to take kids out at camp here on horseback for a week at a time in the Nicolay National Forest. Never lost once. Yeah. My dad used to just think that was hilarious. Yeah. I could go in the woods and know where I am exactly. Yep. And in Chicago, I'm lost the minute I get off the exit. I cannot tell you which way east or west is or north or south. And he kept telling me, these streets all run north, south, east, west. It makes sense. It's a grid. <laughs> and, and I would say, I can't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand this city at all. Yeah. And, and I would just not want to ever go downtown Chicago, ever. It is my goal personally to never visit New York City. <laughs> Sorry for those of you listening in New York City. I, I just don't. It's, if you're listening to New York, I, I, let no, us know. Please what, don't invite me. Invite Dave. No, please let don't. us know the highlights. Please don't. And we'll get Dave if, out if you there. do, you're going to have to pick me up at the airport and take me everywhere and take me back, and I want blindfolds. I, it's one <laughs> it's one of those things it's like so in other words you have to kidnap them <laughs> yeah i don't want to be in new york oh, i don't want to i don't want to go to la either i i mean there's just certain cities but put me in the middle of the national forest i'll have fun i, I mean i want to be there i enjoy it and i know where i'm at i can in, instinctively tell you i can't tell you the direction northeast west south i can't do that but i can say home is that way yeah and i can tell i can take the right fork and out there, you know, the trees all Whether look the same. Whether it be a salad fork or a That's right. Fork. I could do that, too. <laughs> I used to love going out and just living in the woods. Yeah. Just being out there. And, and it's so quiet. It's so different than everything else. And I think everybody, I think, has that inclination. You know, I mean, they, they might live in a city, you know, so they don't necessarily get out in the woods. But right now it's winter, and we just had a big snowfall up here. And the thing that I love, and I think other people can relate to this, is the stillness of right. wintertime. Right. You know, and you even get that in Chicago. You know, because I remember as a kid enjoying just the stillness, how it kind of just made the noise quieter. Yep. And, and I think there's, there's something behind that. And it's beautiful until the snow turns black in Chicago. Or yellow. Or yellow. <laughs> Either way. Either way. It's not a good situation. That's right. That's a lesson I have to teach my son. That's one of the weird things of up here. The snow actually usually stays nice. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't. There are places, but most of the time it stays pretty nice. It's white all winter. Right, and the sun will come over if you get a sunny day. It it, it goes on those uh, snowflakes like, oh, it's it sparkles, sparkles, it's and it's beautiful, blinding. Yeah, and you might as well just pause and, and enjoy let me tell it. you, and and it brings a whole new meaning to the verse where he washed our sins white as snow. Yeah, yeah. a whole new meaning to it. Yeah. It's because it's blindingly gorgeous. white. Yeah. So. Well, it's interesting. You go through life, you get different experiences, and uh, we certainly have had different experiences. Uh, but uh, I hope one thing that, that people hear, if you want to live life like you should, anchor it. Yeah. Anchor it to the Bible, anchor it to God, and hopefully you can contact us. Absolutely. Thank you guys for joining us th this week. If you want to check out our past podcasts, go to relate365.com. 
click on the podcast and you can download all of our episodes, maybe even check out some of the different programs that we do or check out our Relate Radio because we have an online radio station. So you could go check that out as well. If you're interested in camping, go to silverbirchranch.org. We'd love to have you come and join us and get away and enjoy God's creation. Thank you for joining us this time on Younger and Older with Jason and Dave, and we'll see you here next time.